Hey, sweet sister friend, welcome back to the Shine with Brandy Show. I am so glad you're here. Now, y'all, I hope that you are soaking up all of the season that it has to offer the lights and the gift giving and the gift wrapping and the trees and the lights and the smells and all the good things that go along with the Christmas season. Of course, I hope you are spending time not just wrapping presents, but unwrapping the gift that God has given us through his son, Jesus, as you dive into the word this Advent season and just draw in closer to the Lord and listen to what he has to say and really just to be present with him, allowing him to be the present of Christmas and allowing him to give you his presence. I talked a lot about that in the most recent episode here. But I would be completely remiss if I did not share with you, of course, another thing you think of when you think of the holiday season. And that is, uh, wait for it, a Hallmark movie. Okay. (laughs) And as I, I don't know, I get, you know, the emails from them or something and and said, you know, our new titles for this year or the issue of the times and all the things of the new Hallmark movies. If you're a Hallmark movie person, like, give me a shout out. I'm not really big into them because I think they're just really funny. But last year, one of my friends was actually in the Christmas bow. Shout out to my friend Joy. Um, by chance, if you get to watch that one, she was the mom of the guy, the male character, the male protagonist. She was his mom. So a little shout out, a little fun trivia fact for you. So I started subscribing to the emails to be able to find out when the showtimes were and all that. And I just never unsubscribed. So, but I do that at the end of the year. Okay, I digress. Anyways, the new one this year is called The Unexpected Christmas or Unexpected Christmas. And I was like, if they were Christian, they would know that there are a lot of things that are unexpected in Christmas. (laughs) So we're just going to unpack those here for a few seconds today. And some of these are going to be very commonplace. You're gonna be like, yeah, I learned that when I was in first grade on a felt board. But of course, we know that Mary was a young teenage mom, unwed. Um, You know, it was not uncommon for teenagers to be married, but it was uncommon for them to be unmarried and pregnant. Okay, there's that. And then of course, the virgin piece, right? (laughs) And last week, we hear, you know, last week's message, we heard about how Gabriel came to her. And you know, he said, you know, the Lord finds favor upon you. There's favor upon you and you are blessed among all women. And that is just a truly remarkable thing because of course she she says to him, like, how can this be? Like, I've never been with someone, right? So there was that miracle in and of itself. So that was unexpected right then and there. And y'all, I don't know about you guys, but you never hear really the story of any side of Joseph. You know, just a few verses before in the story of Mary, we hear about Zechariah and uh, Elizabeth and their story and how very different their reactions were, right? To hearing that you're going to have a baby, you know, Zechariah (laughs) gave, or excuse me, the angel shuts his mouth up until the baby is born. And with Mary, he's like, nope, you know, God's got favor upon you, girl. Like, you got this, you got this. But we never really hear Joseph's side of the story. But bless Joseph, you know, he brings Mary back to Bethlehem, you know, just a few months or a few weeks, perhaps before um, the census, before the baby is born to take the census. That is where he's from. A little fun fact, especially for my friends out there who are Jeopardy fans. This one is for you, sweet Angela, um, that, you know, we know that Bethlehem is a very, very small town. It's less than 10 miles outside of Judea and or sorry, of Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And so it's very small little town. I think it's about six miles. And I just love studying this, you guys. Like I've really gotten into like my concordance and really just kind of looking into uh, the commentaries and things like that on this. But it was also the city of David, which is remarkable because David, of course, we know is um, foreshadowing Jesus. And then this is also, you guys, the story of Ruth is set here in the city of Bethlehem. Really just amazing, you know? So that is where the um, David was anointed as the king as well. So really, really amazing. 
Okay, so here they are. They're out on their journey, and poor Joseph does not make his Expedia reservations to stay at a hotel. So what do they do? They go to the inn where most people would stay, and they say, we have no room, but there is a little bit of room we can carve out here where we keep our animals for the night because, of course, the people were staying in the front and the inn. So then we know, of course, the story of Herod. And I didn't know this, you guys. Like, I've been a believer for a long time, but, like, I've never really studied it. But I didn't really realize there was more than one Herod. And the same thing, like, there's more than one Pilate. I was like, wait, what? Like, Pontius Pilate? I was like, oh, that was just a popular name, like Joe or Jack or Billy or Bob. And so this particular Herod, like, you guys, he was vicious. If you study anything about him, and I'm not going to do a deep dive into him, but do a deep dive into him. Like he killed his wife and his own children because he was so threatened and insecure, which is the reason why he had an edict out to kill all babies under the age of two. Once he caught wind that uh, the infant, excuse me, that the savior was going to come and the Messiah was going to come in the form of infant. That's the reason why he had the edict out. Now, I love how the Old Testament, you know, foreshadows and prophesies over this. So in the story, excuse me, in the book of Micah, Micah 5, it foretells of Jesus's birth, which we then later, you know, pick back up and it's referenced in the Matthew's gospel account of Jesus's birth. But they actually use, and we'll come back to Micah 5 here in a little bit. But it's just remarkable, you guys, when you think about all the things, like if you were, you know, like just think about this, you know. Just think about, okay, think about when Shakespeare, when they did like a Romeo and Juliet and they did like the modern day version of it. Like imagine a young teenage girl in your neighborhood, in your community, in your school who gets pregnant and then travels somewhere. And then there's like, you know, this law out, if you will, to kill babies and they're kind of flying under the radar. Like all of these things are just like not adding up. Like you can start to see the miracle in God's hand just upon every part of Jesus's life. Now we know that his ministry didn't start for 30 years later, but it's just remarkable because oftentimes we negate and we forget that like, oh, there has been God's hand of protection for so many years and in so many places and spaces in our lives. And it's no different than in Jesus' life, right? He was marked with a purpose and just the same for you. If you are living and breathing, God has a purpose and a plan for you. That is just a little reminder to you, sweet sister. Now, what's also amazing, you guys, is that his first reveal, right, if you will, the first witnesses of Jesus' of Jesus' arrival here on earth was to the shepherds, the lowly shepherds. Being a shepherd was a very low-class position or a very low-class career, if you will, or job, responsibility, But here he comes and he reveals himself. You know, first he's introduced to them and the shepherds in the fields. And then what's fascinating, you guys, is that 30 years later, Christ then, of course, comes to us as the good shepherd. So I love that full circle moment. My friend Lori always says, what has never left you? And I love John A. Cuff's book, Quitter. He says, usually you will reunite with a dream from your five-year-old self. And so you go back to like, what did I do then? So think about this in your own life, you guys. Think about how God comes and he has a full circle moment for you. Things that you enjoyed, things that were your heart's desires, things that you've always just, you know, really had a pleasure and a delight in. Really go back and think about that because it's just really amazing how here Jesus was first revealed to shepherds and then he becomes our good shepherd. Just a little aside to that, you guys. So through this Advent series, we have been exploring the senses, you know, our physical senses. For the first week, we unpacked the feeling of God's presence as we still our minds, we still our souls, we still our surroundings and, you know, kind of eliminate and minimize distractions so we can really sense and experience God in a new way and have that true meaningful encounter.
The second week then, sister friend, we dove into hearing God's voice, his tender, loving, caring voice. What was he speaking to us? Just like he came to Mary and spoke to her through the angel. Not only did he speak favor over her, but he spoke fame into her through her legacy. So what is your legacy? And I'm not saying fame in the form of the world. I'm saying that heaven, right? Heaven is going to be rejoicing and declaring that those angels are super excited because guess what? You are bringing another one home to them. You have made another witness by your witness, by your testimony, just like it tells us in Revelation 12, 11. All right, so this week we are dying, diving in, pardon me, into seeing Jesus in unexpected places, people, circumstances, just overall ways. Just like the title of that Hallmark movie, The Unexpected Christmas. Let's really think here for a few minutes, you guys, about the unexpected ways in which people can experience God through you and how you can experience God through your circumstances. So earlier I mentioned, you know, Matthew 2. Oftentimes you'll hear, you know, Matthew and Luke as two of the interchangeable um, Christmas messages oftentimes. And so, you know, in in Matthew 2 verses 9 through 10, I'm not going to, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase through these though, you guys, but this is when the Magi come right? They come and we don't know exactly where they're from, Persia, Babylon. You don't really hear, you know, you hear we three kings of Orient are. We don't know, you know, where they were actually from. And that's a whole other thing. But I would encourage you to dive in. But it says, when they saw the star, they replied exceedingly with great joy. I love that. They rejoiced, pardon me. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. So how are you, when you see the star, When you see Jesus in your day-to-day life, how are you rejoicing exceedingly with great joy? How are you stopping slowing down? Is it that small prayer that you might even say before your meal? Is it, you know, when something arrives that you thank God that he's given you financial provision? And I love that it says that they worshiped him. They bowed down and they worshiped him. How are you humbling yourself before God each and every day? Are you spending time drawing in and drawing near to him? You know, so perhaps some of us might be thinking, okay, well, let me think about this unexpected, you know, opportunity to see Christ. So think about perhaps for some of us, this is family tension, right? You might have something going on in your life. That is such an opportunity for you to experience peace because when things are going helter skelter all around you, that's when you say, help me Jesus, (laughs) right? And, you know, I love Isaiah 26, three reminds us we keep in perfect peace. Those whose minds are fixed on you. And that is when we experience God's peace. And so if you're in one of the situations where you have, you know, a very tumultuous family, you know, situation or a lot of tension going on, you anchor yourself in God's word and you remind yourself if you have a wayward or a prodigal child, you trust that God's timing that he is going to turn the situation around. I love that song. I'm not sure who it is. I think it might be, um, I don't know who it sings it, but God turn it around is the name of the song. So I would you know, encourage you to go and listen to that song and then anchor yourself in some scripture. Psalm 33, 20 reminds us, you know, that our soul waits as we trust in the Lord. Man, that's a good one because our soul is waiting. You know, our spirit's already there. We've already received Jesus and our, believe believe me, my flesh has not always been um, patient with the Lord. That is for sure. Maybe you have some strained financial, you know, circumstances going on or something going on in your job or your career. It's an opportunity to trust God more intimately for provision, for new opportunities, for advancement, for career opportunities. And so we need to lean into God and says, you know, I love in um, Jeremiah 17, seven, blessed is he who should trust in the Lord. 
So, and I put in she in there. It says he in the in the versions, but I just paraphrased for you there. I actually, that's one of my memorization scriptures. So blessed is she who trusts in you. Maybe you've got a health situation going on. It's an opportunity for you to trust God's healing powers. Jehovah Rapha, I thank you, Lord, that you are healing my body from the inside out. Jehovah Rapha, I thank you so much that you are providing, you know, financial means for me to be able to have the surgery or have the care that the uh, doctors and nurses and medical staff, you just go ahead and you pray that into existence. And Isaiah 12, 2 says, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid, especially when there's a health situation for our, for our own selves or for our children or a family member. We have a tendency to go to WebMD and look up 45 other, you know, Google searches that tell us what, you know, possible symptoms are rather than saying, God, I know you got this. Yeah, I want to be informed and I want to be aware, but Lord, I just trust that you're going to heal this situation. You are my salvation. N- you know, no doctor or nurse can do it alone. It has to come through the healing powers of the Lord right? And the wisdom that you've given and, you know, imparted unto them. And so it's an opportunity, you guys, really, when we take time to look at the unexpected Christmas that's about around us, you know, starting back at the manger, you know, at the annunciation of Mary becoming pregnant, the traveling to Bethlehem, the provision that God gave in the stable and all the things you guys and really look and be like, okay, Lord, these are opportunities for me to get to know you and to trust you more. You came into these circumstances that were less than favorable, right? They were not like the way that you envisioned a king coming in. They weren't, you know, the palatial, luxurious, you know, accommodations and, you know, surroundings and all the things. No, they were very meager and humble means. And so, Lord, I am just using this as a time to get to know you, to know your character, to know the ways in which you reveal yourself to me, and to really anchor myself in the promises of you more intimately, so sister friend, use some of these scriptures that I referenced today. I will put them in the show notes, but go back, dive into them on your own. And of course, just do a Google search on your own. Look back at Matthew 2. Look back at Micah 6, excuse me, Micah 5. I mentioned that I was going to read that to you, right? And so, you know, we have to remember that Jesus, you know, they opened their resource, excuse me, that Jesus, you have to remember that when the Magi came to them, they were the ones who, of course, they were traveling to see him. They did have financial means. They were traveling in a big caravan. They were traveling because they were carrying gold and frankincense and myrrh, which were very expensive. They had an entire group of almost like a security team around them, if you will. And it says they opened their treasures and in the presence, they gave him their gifts. So I want to ask you, what is the treasure that you're opening up right now and saying, okay, God, you've bestowed this unto me and I'm going to present my gifts to you. So just as those magi came, it was unexpected, right? Too, he was a two-year-old little boy around. He was a toddler, right? It says that they came to the house. It tells us in Matthew, they didn't come to the stable. They didn't come to the manger. So they had already, you know, gone home, if you will, air quote, back to home. Um, and so think about that. Okay, God, what do I have? I'm going to come and I'm going to humble myself. And I love to, there's a version that says, even Mary bowed down in front of the toddler, in front of the young boy which is just remarkable too, because she realizes the depth. She realizes, you know, the significance of this and that he is indeed the Messiah. So God, we want to open our hands. We want to open ourselves up and the treasures that you've been gifted to us, that you've gifted to us, pardon me, and entrusted to us, that you've anointed us with, that we will then just go ahead and we will share them, that we will present them not only to you, but to the world for others to see so that we can give you glory. That is exactly what we want to be able to do. 
is to give God the glory. And during the season, this is a time where we especially need to be, you know, generous with our time, our talent, our treasures. You know, go around your community, have an opportunity to have a rake, R-A-K-E, random act of kindness everywhere day. Maybe you and your kids just go around and you start blessing people and paying for the grocery bill behind you or paying for the, you know, car to Target behind you. I don't know. Maybe you're going to help the people, you know, corral the Target carts. You do you. But find an opportunity to go ahead and bless other people wherever you go. You be the unexpected Christmas that people aren't expecting. Show them Jesus. Show them the unexpected things that happened all throughout Jesus's life, not only his miracles, but there might be a miracle waiting to happen through you, sister, by one of your sweet random acts of kindness, by one of your sweet touches of your talent, of your time, or of your treasure. So I pray that this blesses you, sister, that you can look around, that you can see God in all the unexpected places, the people, the circumstances, all the things that might be going on in your life that might look like a problem that you're seeing that as an awesome way to go ahead and just thank God and praise God. We don't want to focus on the size of our problems, right? We focus on the Lord. We focus on our our Savior. We focus on the Messiah that he has come. And I love to, there's an expression that says he came to our place to take our place and then invite us back to his place. Pardon me. So that's great because he came down to earth in human form. He downsized himself into a small little womb. And then, of course, he came into our hearts and then invited us to go back with him. So, sweet sister friend, I ask that you do that for other people. You remind them of how much love there is to go around, that Jesus loves them too. And you can be the conduit. You can be the liaison. You can be the light shining, his light to them in this dark world. All right, sweet sister, I pray that this Advent series is blessing you. If so, let me know. Share it with another friend. Um, Drop me a line, throw it on social, do whatever it is. I just always love hearing from you and putting a face to a name. I am so blessed by you, and I thank you for continuing to listen and all the ways in which you support Shine with Franny. And until we meet next time, sweet sister, keep shining.